Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's cast, phone one-on-ones. Yep, we've said it about a hundred times, but we've never covered the basics of how to conduct one-on-ones on the phone. Clearly it works. Mark's testament to that. He's done it thousands of times. And we have some advice on how to make them even more effective. Here we go. Well, we've, we've probably covered this or talked about this a hundred times. A thousand. A thousand? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I feel like I've answered this question a thousand times. People ask me every conference about how do you do one-on-ones? You're traveling so much, right? Yeah, yeah. How do you see all your people when they're spread all over the, the country or all over the world? We yeah. do the one-on-one on phones. Private jet. <laughs> Private jet. Yeah, yeah. So, and you've shared this at, at conferences. Out of all the one-on-ones you've done, and surely you've done thousands of them, what percentage of them do you actually do on the phone and not in person? Oh, yeah, historically over half just because of my travel schedule. Uh, it's not, I mean, it, it's, it's not ideal. I prefer the face-to-face from my perspective, but it's not hard. It, it becomes second nature. And, and I can't tell you, I, I couldn't pinpoint the, the, the subtle differences enough. The differences between one-on-ones between individuals is bigger than the differences between one-on-ones over the phone or face-to-face. That's been my experience. I got you. So, so, okay. So the difference of doing one-on-ones face-to-face versus on the phone is absorbed in the, in the averages, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's slightly different. And there's some people who aren't good on the phone and that's a different issue. But if you're not doing one-on-ones because you're not face-to-face, that's a mistake. Because, because the question is about relationships as we'll talk about and one-on-ones over the phone work Excellently. Good. Why don't you share with us what we're going to talk about today? Obviously, we're talking about phone one-on-ones. Um, right. We found that there are some subtle differences, and, and we really haven't gotten into this before, but we want to cover some of those differences and some suggestions on how to conduct one-on-ones over the phone when you have to. Right. So, yeah, there we have six, or I'm sorry, five points to make. Um, uh, I'm sorry, six. Uh, very straightforward. The first one is phone one-on-ones are for when you cannot do a face-to-face. Not when you don't want to, but when you can't, when you physically can't. Number two, webcams do work better, but in our experience, they are a luxury that are not necessary. You shouldn't not do a one-on-one because you don't have a webcam. Number three, this is probably the most important point here. The basics still apply. It's still a one-on-one. Everything we, we, we suggest and recommend regarding one-on-ones still applies. We do have a couple of suggestions. One is that it, number four, it works better if we call them. If the manager calls the direct, that's been our experience. I've tried it both ways. We've had other people try it both ways. Number five, more document sharing is necessary. We found that over the years. And number six, Interruptions tend to be more frequent, and we need to learn how to focus better in order to uh, reduce the interrupter's behavior around us being on the phone versus versus being in a face-to-face one-on-one. Good. Now, our first point we often get to in a a kind of roundabout way because we have managers, when they hear about phone one-on-ones, they come up to us and tell us, like, why would I want to do my one-on-ones over the phone? What's... What's the purpose of that? Right, exactly. Like, I got, my, all my people are with me. Why would I want to do an over-the-phone one-on-one? And, and the official answer is this. 
we have no idea why you don't want to do it on the phone. If you could do it face to face, if you can do face to face one on ones, and look, we 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 acknowledge look, we, it's hard being a manager. It is. We know it. We, we talk about it. it. It brings tears to our eyes at least once a month being a manager. Uh, if it doesn't, then probably you're not feeling as complete as you should. You're probably too high a D like Mike and I. <laughs> but we know it's hard, and and we know that there are all kinds of things that cause us to believe whatever we believe. And I think when it comes to one on ones, the fact that people think of a one-on-one. I, I think the old usage of this, Mike, I could be wrong. A one-on-one, if somebody says, oh yeah, I'm going to go have a one-on-one with my boss, there, there's an implication outside of manager tools that, that that is a special meeting, that that is a rare meeting, um, that that is a maybe a come-to-Jesus meeting or a you know, a spanking or an important moment, uh, you know, or he's asked for me to have a one-on-one with him or he's across the building, but I'm supposed to go have a one-on-one with him. In other words, it implies face-to-face, right? I, I think there's just something in the vernacular that suggests that if you're not doing them routinely, weekly, and it becomes second nature. So we, we understand why, why people ask, and we're being a little bit facetious, obviously. So we do have an idea why you would ask that. And the answer is you don't do one-on-ones over the phone if you can do them face-to-face. The majority of managers are, frankly, despite what we've been led to believe, what you've been led to believe, folks, regarding trends in the news and so on, the majority of managers are co-located with their directs. Uh, okay, fine. The workplace is becoming more virtual, but still, the majority of managers in the world are co-located with their directs. It's not the the workplace is not completely atomized, and technology certainly helps with the atomization. But the fact is, the majority of managers are co-located. If you are co-located, and even in some cases, if you are not, uh, we recommend face-to-face one-on-ones. And if you can, you should. On the other hand, th- those of us who are managing people from a distance. We know that, you know, if we like the idea of one-on-ones and then we have a little bit of heartbreak thinking, oh, well, I can't do those. Well, we, you know, obviously that's not true. Face-to-face one-on-ones, if you're distance, distant, are a luxury. I love it when I get to do a one-on-one face-to-face with someone who's distant from me and when I'm traveling to their location or, or vice versa. But those things happen less often than probably most effective managers would like. So our final guidance is th- there are really two times to do over the phone, one-on-ones. The first is when our direct is not co-located with us, and so therefore we have no choice to do a face-to-face. And the second time is when a normally co-located direct is traveling or we are traveling, or for some reason we are separate from one another, and our normal face-to-face isn't possible. And I think too many managers think, okay, if you're not face-to-face with me, I can't do a one-on-one, and that's wrong as well. The guidelines we have today apply to either of those one-on-ones, either the distant direct or an exception to a normal face-to-face, because if you're normally face-to-face and now you're distant, somebody's in one location or another, we still recommend you do one-on-ones. We don't miss a week. It's about the repetitiveness, the week after week after week after week investment in the relationship with the direct and the communication necessary to run what become more complex organizations every day. We don't want to miss a week, and so we do those over the phone rather than face-to-face. Right. I think that the concept is fairly simple here, right? There are directs, you know, whether they're in the office or in Australia or in New Zealand or England, it doesn't matter. There are directs. And if the purpose of a one-on-one is to encourage effective relationships, why would our relative location to them change that? If we see this as a purpose and value discussion, as opposed to some kind of form of of process discussion, it's a no-brainer. 
the relationship we are obligated to build with our directs isn't predicated on distance or the right. lack thereof, right? Yeah, and yeah. I suppose if that were true, we'd say, look, do one-on-ones if they're within three miles, right? I mean, because we don't really care about relationships with people who are distant from us. We don't. Right. And it doesn't matter whether they're temporarily dislocated from us temporarily or right. permanently. We still do our one-on-ones over the phone to build that relationship, to continue building that relationship. Yeah. Now, I, l- let me go a step further because I'm always, we have it clear in our mind and then we don't, because we're human, we don't communicate it as clearly as possible. We're not suggesting you can do a one-on-one by Twitter. You can't do it by email. You can't do it in instant message. Those are not one-on-ones. We do not write exchanges in one-on-ones. We speak them either on the phone or on a webcam or in person. So we just want to be clear about that. We're saying telephonic. We're not saying electronically enhanced. We're saying telephonic. <laughs> Good. Let's talk about a webcam because, Frank, I, I love webcams. And doing distant one-on-ones, a webcam, I find to be terribly helpful. Of course, the problem is if you make that the standard and then you find yourself in a situation where you don't have the webcam and you don't do the one-on-one because you don't have the webcam, then you're really you're messing up. Yeah. Look, webcams are better and uh, better than phones in the same way that face to face is better than phone and and phone is better than nothing at all. And look, if you have access to a webcam, try it. I, I tell you, I had somebody say, oh, that would be an invasion of my direct privacy. I'm like what? I mean, I must, you know, every once in a while, more, it seems more and more people say things that make me think, OK, I'm really out of touch. I mean, why? I mean. What? No, it's not an invasion of privacy. There, there are actually Fortune 100 firms that are now requiring webcams of all telecommuting, telecommuting employees. If you telecommute, you've got to have your webcam on, on your computer, so that that your boss can check on you if he or she wants to. And now your direct might say, "I'd really rather not get dressed up," and and I might say, "Okay, can I give you some feedback?" You know, when you tell me you don't want to get dressed up, it makes me worried that. You're not bringing a true level of professionalism to your workplace. Look, if you can use a webcam, do so. You get a richer stream of information. It helps you build a better relationship. You're not checking on anybody. In this, Look, if you get more information about somebody, there's greater risk, by definition. The closer you get to know someone, the more you get to know someone, the greater the chance that you're going to find out good things and bad things. There are managers who look to find out bad things. We hope that manager tools managers are not those people. We're not looking for bad things. We believe, frankly, that people are good and they're trying to do well. And if we do a good job managing them, they're going to do better. And we want more information to find the good things that they're doing. And there are some people who work for us, even though we're effective managers, who believe that managers are out to screw them at every opportunity. And we have to overcome that. And it's too bad that we inherited that person and they're uncomfortable with a webcam or they're uncomfortable with face-to-face. They're uncomfortable with uh, the greater intimacy, probably the wrong word, uh, that comes from more time spent in a relationship. But it's worth it. And we have an obligation to know our people well. Um, you know, we haven't even gotten into the idea of delegating. We talk about it in our in our uh, delegation script or model, but but nobody's really asked us about it, about how important it is to choose the right person to get the right stuff uh, when we delegate. And the more you know about your folks, the better. So look, use a webcam if you can. I would love to uh, whenever possible. It didn't exist 10 years ago. At least I don't think it did in something that was useful. But it's effective now. Uh, If you can do it, great. And if you don't, it's no big deal. You can do one-on-ones over the phone. And when I said over 50% of mine have been done over the phone, that was over the phone and not on webcam. I've only done maybe 100 by webcam. Right. We've talked a lot about the the tools here. We've touched on webcams and the phone and not Twitter, not email and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's useful to step back a little bit 
and remind ourselves of what the purpose of the one-on-ones are. The phone, the webcam, they're tools. But the purpose of this is relationships. So all those boring concepts that we've talked about around one-on-ones still apply here. They're still solid underpinnings of one-on-ones, whether it be on the phone or face-to-face. Let's, let's review real quick kind of what those basics of one-on-ones are. Yeah, this is something, I think this is a great point about the difference between content and process. Process is face-to-face or phone. Content is why are we doing this and what are we going to be talking about? And I think too many people uh, tend to focus on process because process can be manipulated. Uh, and a lot of times you focus so much on the process, you don't realize we're moving away from the result. So yeah, just briefly, let me run down the basics that still apply so we don't, again, get the, get the process in front of the content or the process in front of the result. The, the core of one-on-ones is the primary focus is still on the team member, right? I mean, that's why we're having the one-on-one, to get to know the team member better. That's why we start it with the first 10 minutes is their time on the agenda. I, I've, I've had a couple of managers recently ask me, Mike, they said, is it okay if I go first? And I, I mean, I, I looked and I sort of shook my head and said, no. He says, well, why not? I said, well, because it violates the, you know, it sends the wrong message about the purpose. He says, well, I don't think so. So I'm going to go ahead and go first. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay. why, why are you asking? Are you, I'm, I'm sorry. Do I need to be in this conversation? Um, yeah. It, well, if you feel you got to go first in the one-on-one, then you're obviously missing the, yeah. the, the core purpose and, and that's fine. Go ahead and do it. Just don't call it a one-on-one or don't call it one of our one-on-ones. It's just yeah, a exactly. different animal altogether. Yeah, it totally changes the tone and the, 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 the effectiveness of the meeting. So the primary focus is on the team member. We're not having this phone or face-to-face meeting uh, to get stuff from our direct. It's not about what we need from them. It's about what they need from us. And what they primarily need from us is a strong relationship because we control their addiction to food, clothing, and shelter. And their spouse doesn't want to think that they're, that, that the worker, our direct, uh, our direct spouse doesn't want think doesn't want to be thinking that the direct doesn't have a good enough relationship with us. That if the stuff hits the fan, they're going to be first to go. Every direct and every spouse of a direct has a legitimate interest in that direct having a good relationship with us as their boss. And and this is one of the ways we deliver to that is by investing in the relationship. And that means we focus primarily on them. And the first few meetings you have, even if they're over the phone, if they talk for thirty minutes, let them. Okay. There have been plenty of agendas in the world that haven't been right. And let's not manage our lives so tightly by an agenda that we forget the big picture, which is we're here to develop a relationship. And if they really want to share, let them share. Okay. Perhaps the one that um, surprised me recently, somebody asked me, the reason I wrote this is because several people have asked me about phone one-on-ones. And the second point I'm going to make is that one-on-ones, phone or webcam or face-to-face are regularly scheduled. They're rarely missed. We don't do them ad hoc at the same time every week. And somebody said to me, well, how can I do that? I mean, I, I mean, you know, I can't do that on the phone. And I said, why not? He says, well, because it's not face-to-face, so I can't have a meeting. I said, well, you have a telephonic meeting. You have a phone appointment. And he said, really? I can do that? Yeah. Happens all the time. So they're regularly scheduled. We still send out the email. We still give our directs, you know, 1.5 times. The directs that are distanced from us uh, get to pick a time, and and that's their time. And the fact that they're distant from us, distant from us, means they're going to be on the webcam, on the webcam, or on the phone. Uh, we still hold the same rigor about one-on-ones on the phone that we do face-to-face, and they get that time ad infinitum unless there needs to change it on a week-to-week basis. We still recommend there. There's no need to extend the length of time. They're still 30 minutes long. 
there's no need to think, oh, well, to build a relationship over the phone, it takes more time. So I'm going to spend 40 minutes on the phone versus face-to-face. Nope, not at all. 30 minutes. You can be terribly efficient and effective in 30 minutes on the phone. And we still recommend the 10-10-10 rule. 10 minutes for them, they start. 10 minutes for us. And then 10 minutes to talk about the future. Even though, as we've said before in our one-on-one cast, 80% of the of, of one-on-ones end up being 15-15 and you don't ever get to talk about um, the future. And that's fine because they have a lot to share with us and we have a lot to share with them. We recommend taking very good notes. That's probably the one thing, if I look back, uh, it took me the longest to learn about one-on-ones. I just love the interaction with directs and feeling like I could get to know them better. But but at the end of the year, at the end of the quarter, looking back over one-on-ones, I, I wished years ago that I was better at taking notes. We, we certainly recommend you use our forms on the website. They're there for you to use and download and make them your own. I love people bringing them to conferences and they show us their own with all the directs in them. And, you know, they, they, they have names on them and they, they modify the Word document on the web, website. Yeah, I pay, pay particular attention to the, the this this point here because I think um, many people I've known have gotten themselves in a little bit of trouble, or the one ones haven't been as effective as they could be, because they based the they they scheduled the one on ones based upon trying to be efficient with their time, and so what they do is they schedule the one on ones while they're in their car with the community. Say you have an individual who comes in early, you come in a little bit later, and so yeah, look, I'm on the, I'm on the road from from 8.30 to 9 o'clock every morning. So let's do the one-on-one during the uh, during my commute. And the problem with that is when you're driving, you can't take notes. So that, there's yeah. an example of trying to be efficient decreases effectiveness. Yeah, in fact, we, we, ought to, we ought to just have a standing rule, which is no one-on-ones when driving. You and I both know I've, I've actually had accidents during one-on-ones because I learned the hard way. You can't do it. You simply cannot do it. And I, you know, I just read another article about multitasking is bunk and we've been right all along. So yeah, you can't do them. You can't do them when you're driving, period. End of story. Um, well, you can do them. They're just really not one on ones that, that work to develop the relationship. The direct be, the direct doesn't feel she can tell you. You're always interrupting to get directions or to worry about traffic or to stop for coffee at Starbucks on the way in. And I feel irritated. You said this time was for me. And yet, it's very clearly it, it's time for me as long as I can fit into your commute schedule, which doesn't doesn't send the right signal. Right, exactly. Because because one of the, the one of the things about one on ones and phone one on ones are no different. Preparation for one on ones can be as simple as reviewing your notes from your previous one on ones. If you don't yeah. have them, it makes preparation a little more difficult. Yeah. Yeah, and you can't read. You can't go back and refer things and, and so on. And and I'll, I'll tell you, my, my distant one-on-ones, we're going to talk about more documents, right? And and uh, my distant one-on-ones, uh, we, we are routinely sharing documents and, and uh, much more so than we do face-to-face. We take for granted when we're face-to-face that we can share documents. Oh, here, let me show you the spreadsheet. Oh, here, let me show you the slides. Uh, you can't obviously can't do that physically when you're in a distant one-on-one, a phone one-on-one. And so you've got to figure out some other way to do that. And we talk about that here in just a minute. So those those are the basics. Good. Now, one of the things that comes up um, often, and I don't I don't know why. And when when it does come up, I always point people back to rule one. This is about the relationship, and it's about them, and not you as a manager. And the it's about is, us investing. It's about us investing in the relationship, right? Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, the yeah. question that we get though is, well, who calls who? Is it better for for me to call them or for them to call me at the appointed time? And some managers, I think, get it backwards, and they they think that well, I'm busy, and and it's easier for me 
Yeah. They call me because yeah. <laughs> I don't have to, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to, to worry about, Oh, it's time to call. Um, and that defeats yeah. part of the purpose. of the Yeah. The, the fact that it's quote easier for me is the first sign that we're on the wrong track. And the other thing that this is the phrase that I hear is when people say, Hey, look, I'm going to have them call me. And if they don't call, it'd be like, oh, okay, you didn't want to do it. That's fine. Folks, that's not the point. It's not the one-on-one. It's not the direct responsibility to create a relationship with us. You can't do that with people who have less power in the organization than you. I'm going to say it again. You can't ask people to create a relationship with you if you're their boss. It doesn't work. Okay. You have to invest. We as managers have to invest. We have to work at lowering the barrier. The barrier never goes away. The sign in our forehead never goes away. It's always there. But we have to do it. It's our responsibility. If we don't keep up on our one-on-ones, the the direct will not keep coming because they're going to feel like you don't mean it. And they're going to be fearful that you're sending a message. I don't care about this. And I don't want you to keep showing up. Isn't making your time available for them to call? No, 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 no. Uh Yeah, I'm available. But if you don't want to call, that's fine. That 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 essentially says, I mean, that's like being a customer service line. I'm available. But if you don't want to call, I assume everything's okay, right? We're not customer service. We're managers. We're professional managers. We have an obligation to have a good relationship with our folks. If for no other reason, then we get better performance out of the people that we have a good relationship with. And we have an obligation to the company to develop people, to train people, for succession planning, for the future of the organization. Yeah, it's simple. No, it's not enough to be available. You actually have to make the meeting happen. As I I think I said years ago, this is one of those meetings we never miss, right? That old uh, Fast Company magazine column they had, the meeting I never miss. And over and over again, it was people's one-on-ones. And just to be clear, we've tried it both ways, both us calling them and 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 directs calling us. And it just, it, it doesn't work to have them call us. The meeting is for both of us, but it is about them in the same way that their review at the end of the year is for them, but it's done by us. Feedback is for them, but we deliver it. This meeting is about them, but we schedule it and we run it. If they don't call, we think we've been given a gift. If we don't call, the direct assumes they've been blown off by more important things. And like it or not, folks, we as managers do have more control over our calendars than our directs do. If you think that you have less control over your calendar because you're at a higher level, you're nuts. It's never true. Your, the control you have over your calendar is directly related to where you are in the organization. I know I'm going to get emails from me saying, well, no, you're wrong about that. And, uh, okay, that's fine. We have more control over our calendars than our directs do. It's easier for us to be the one to make the call. And it sends perhaps the most powerful message of all that we're willing to make the call. We're willing to initiate the meeting. And what's funny is I think managers say, well, they had to come to me in my office, so I didn't have to be anywhere. And I had actually been surprised by one-on-ones. People showed up and said, I'm here for my one-on-one. Like, oh, my gosh. Uh, And I think if I had been a phone call, I'd have missed it. Yeah, you're right. And this is one case the phone one-on-one is one gives us one opportunity to increase the sense that this is important to us even more than a face-to-face one-on-one because we have to initiate it. We can't just have it happen because they show up in our office. Look, if we really believe in the relationship value of one-on-ones, we can make the time to call. Just as if we had to go to a meeting in a conference room or if we were doing a one-on-one in our in our office and we were ready. Let's not make our directs come and find us. We've tried it both ways. We've had other managers try it both ways, and it works better when we call. Now, one of the things we've also found that makes phone one-on-ones in particular go much more smoothly is 
more document sharing. Yeah, I never would have guessed this when I started doing one-on-ones. Yeah, and there's two, and there's really two reasons why. One, one is just simply meeting efficiency, right? It's more efficient to have the documents, particularly have them ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But the other one is um, even more interesting, I think, because of the difficulty a lot of managers have in terms of looking for behavior with their directs when they're not co-located. Yeah, I really struggled with this uh, until it hit me that uh, I needed to connect one-on-one's behavior years ago. And I've had many, many managers say they actually have richer one-on-ones over the phone because they have to manage them a little bit more. They don't just let them happen. And and the document sharing really has made a big, big difference. And and the, the reason we have to do that, what we have to do is we have to go back and ask ourselves, as managers, what do we focus on? We focus on results achieving results for the organization. And the way we do that is good behaviors from our directs and then creating environment uh, for the right behaviors and rewarding the right behaviors and and not incenting the wrong behaviors. And we have to go back and ask ourselves, what's what's the definition of behavior? Behavior is the core of feedback. It's the core of coaching. In fact, it's the core of delegation. And it's also the core of one-on-ones. Effective managers focus on behavior because it's controlled by the direct right? It's measurable. It's much less likely to lead to arguments than, say, talking about someone's attitude. And let's be clear, behavior is the words we say, how we say them, our facial expressions, our body language, and our work product. There's five of those things there. And on phone one-on-ones, we're missing facial expressions and body language. If you talk to our good friend, Michael Swenson, he'd tell you body language and facial expressions account for, I don't know, over 70% of communications. And really over the phone, if it's not a really good phone conversation, if it's a cell conversation, you lose some of how we say the words as well. So we're really down to just the words in some cases and work product. Yeah. And documents are work products. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we don't have all those other things. So we need, we hopefully, if we want to develop a a solid relationship, we've got to do something about the fact that we don't have, we're not sharing as many behaviors. And look, this is one of those hidden gems we throw into casts. We don't throw them in there. They just happen periodically. Distance management, virtual teams, remote employees require us to be much more effective at managing other people based on their work product as opposed to the words they say, how they say them, facial expression, body language. Effective at, at managers ask for more documents in advance of telephonic one-on-ones to give us more opportunities to assess the quality and quantity of the direct work product and to allow us to give them feedback on it. So we strongly recommend that you get documents in advance. There's nothing wrong with finishing each weekly one-on-one on the phone with a review of documents that are going to be discussed next week. Uh, There's nothing wrong with having our one-on-ones, our phone one-on-ones, requiring a shared web space. Wendy and I use that now. Uh, It's a completely reasonable accommodation to address the attenuation that comes with the distance. And uh, I have found over and over again that shared spaces or uh, documents in advance that we can review absolutely increase the effectiveness of the meeting itself rather than, you know, you're in a face-to-face meeting and you don't, you, you can't, you, you can simply pull out the document and say, let me run back to my cube and get it. 
of course, which gets to the other reason. Look, the other reason you, you mentioned is, is, is document communications is just efficiency. It speeds up the one-on-one if we have the documents in advance. And, and the one-on-one we know is tightly time-limited for many of you. And so anything that's time-limited where you can become more effective provide or more efficient provided you're still inside of the goal or the result is still clear anything that's time limited if any efficiency improvement increases effectiveness pretty directly and i have spent lots of precious minutes of one-on-ones looking for waiting for discussing documents that aren't there and so i would encourage you get documents in advance and and it's completely okay to say you know what we i need a weekly report from you uh, on these seven things, I'd love to have it 24 hours before our one-on-one. Uh, there are some cases where you don't need that because there's other reporting uh, responsibilities that take care of that. But it's totally reasonable to ask for this. And it's not just because you're checking on them at a higher level than someone else. It's because this is the one form of behavior that you can have as a common point of reference when you're discussing your direct behavior with them. And that's work product if they're distant from you. Good. Okay. You know, one one thing I found during phone one-on-ones, and, and it, it's not surprising when you start thinking about it, but phone one-on-ones are much more likely to be interrupted. If I'm doing one-on-ones in my office, people walk by the door, even if the door's not shut, they look in, they see them in a conversation, and they come back later. Now, sometimes they don't, that's a different thing, but right, right. the vast majority of time, people, since they're doing one-on-ones all the time, people kind of understand what I'm doing. Yeah, in fact, in fact, with one-on-ones, if, with your directs, if your direct walks up and they see you sitting across the cube from another direct, they immediately go, oh, that's a one-on-one and I'm not going to interrupt because I don't want them interrupting mine. Right. Yeah, that happens all the time. Exactly. With managers who do face-to-face, yeah. But when you're on the phone, particularly if you're looking toward the door, it's amazing the number of times you're on the phone, you're, in, you're involved in a conversation, your eyes happen to be going in the general direction of the door or the opening to your cube. Somebody walks by, they see you're on the phone, and they like, they like squat down and wave at you like, like you don't see them to, to get your attention. And then they try to give you some kind of message or interrupt the conversation in some way. Ah, it drives me crazy. Yeah, and I, I am absolutely in the minority on this. We know we're in the minority because we think the majority's wrong, that a phone conversation is every bit as important as face-to-face. The phone conversation is not one we're having because we want to be distant from someone. We're in a conversation. The fact that someone is face-to-face is really a function of where they were in the, in the world at that moment. And because the world is more atomized than it used to be, professionally speaking, we're going to have lots of fun conversations on the phone and people just assume that it's somehow a lower quality, lower value, lower importance, and they're wrong. Yeah. But yeah. we have some, we have some techniques that might help yeah. you in this particular yeah. area. Yeah. You are going to be interrupted much more frequently and it means you really have to focus. And uh, focus is one of those words that has become, I mean, it's amazing. You, you read even executive speeches like, we need to focus on these three things. Well, no, actually, you can only focus on one of those, but that's okay. So I have spent much of my professional life on the phone, and I will tell you that I have learned some things the hard way. And, and you know, good judgment comes from experience, and experience comes from bad judgment. So l- l- let me suggest a few things that will make it a little bit easier for you to send the right message to people. Number one, start with your back turned, Okay. Too many managers look out over their domain when they're on the phone. Don't do it. Turn your back on the world around you. Close your door if you have one. Don't look around. In fact, for those of you who don't know this, I routinely close my eyes when I'm on the phone. 
not not during a one-on-one all the time. Although if one of my directs is telling me a story, I close my eyes um, because most of the information we receive day to day is visual. We are visual creatures. I actually used to keep a pair of shoes and they were actually women's heels uh, at one point, although originally they were some wingtips on my desk to remind me that if you really want to be good on the phone, you've got to put yourself in the other person's shoes. And I would close my eyes and try to picture where they were in their office. And often I was talking to people who were, I knew their office space and I would close my eyes and picture them doing it. Or if they're telling me a story and they're telling me about a conversation they had with somebody else, I would close my eyes and picture them talking. Okay. There's, there's a couple of things that really bother me about this. One is you, you had wingtips and then you changed to, to heels. No, no, yeah, no, no. And, I mean, thinking about they were putting yourself they, in the other person's shoes. Okay. So were, that, uh, yeah. that, okay, that visual doesn't work for me. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it, they were iconic. And, and the other point I guess I'd make here is that I've seen you close your eyes, and it, and that's another reason why you might want to turn your back to the door. If you're going to close your eyes, <laughs> you might want to close, turn your back. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, just saying. Yeah, I, I'd say the, the turn in the back thing is important. In, in my office now, uh, some people have seen some videos on the web that we've put up. The door is over my right shoulder. And I'm comfortable walking around the room. If I'm on the phone w- with you and we're chatting, I might walk around with my headset on and and uh, wireless headset and be swinging a baseball bat and just chatting. But if I'm on the phone and, and it's a one-on-one or if it's somewhat important and I don't want to be interrupted, I sit down and I turn my back. And the primary purpose is to avoid making eye contact with someone who comes in because that encourages them to continue with their inter- their intended interruption. Did you just say that if you don't want to be interrupted? Yeah, yeah, but dude, nobody can interrupt you. I, well, you've that's told me that a million yeah, times. I, good. I was I was getting to that point. I I was about to correct my grammar, which is <laughs> okay, I, I I not only don't want to be interrupted, I can't be interrupted if I choose not to be, right? Because I'm the one that interrupts myself, not other people. Let me put it this way: I don't want others to encourage to be encouraged to think that I am going to interrupt myself by turning away from whatever I'm doing and focusing on them. And so if I turn my back and I uh, you know. I'm much more effective. Now, something else I've learned is I have to put away my um, my computer tray. I have to put away my lap tray with my keyboard and my mouse, and I have to screen save my computer because I'll tell you what, you watch managers, just watch sometime. Be in a peer's office or in a direct's office when they're on the phone and watch them wander around aimlessly on their computer screen while they're on the phone talking about something completely different. It's one thing to go searching for a document, great, but it's another thing to be looking at email, which, ooh, bad one. So the first one we recommend, start with your back turn. The second one is, as you say, ignore interruptions because nobody is ever interrupted. That's us causing ourselves to be interrupted by allowing us to, you know, we stop what we're doing. And so our, our guidance on that is stop it. When someone, you know, when, when someone speaks, smile and point to the phone. When they stand waiting, turn your back again. When they touch your shoulder, hold up a hand while not turning around. And and don't hold it up by throwing your hand up off your desk at 80 miles an hour. Just sit, just hold it up, you know, move it slowly, right? Like you're moving in molasses is a way of saying, I'm, I'm not going to turn away. And, and then we say the last point is focus. Stop checking mail. Stop looking at all the stuff on your desk. Close your eyes. See your direct speaking. Shut down your browser. Shut down other tabs uh, on your computer. Quit other programs. It's 30 minutes long. They've earned it every week. It will make you much more effective in the meeting, and it'll make you much more efficient as well. And and a few meetings with a direct where you are totally focused, and and the direct finally says, you know, aren't, don't you have interruptions, or don't you, 
You know, don't people come into your office and say, well, no, I'm focused on this. And they may have come in, but I ignored them. And that sends a very powerful message uh, on, on top of us being the one that makes the call. Good. So look, the summation really is simple before the wrap up is one-on-ones are the most powerful manager tool we know of. An effective manager doesn't compare a phone relationship with a face-to-face one and find it lacking. An effective manager compares it to no relationship at all and says, well, I'd rather have a phone relationship. And that's just a no-brainer. Totally agree. So the wrap-up is phone one-on-ones are for when you can't do them face-to-face. Webcams are better, but but they're not necessary. It's a luxury. And, and we do say telephonic. We do not mean Twitter or IM or email or anything like that. It's not written. It's spoken. The basics still apply, Uh, the one-on-one basics. If you need to, go back and listen to the one-on-one basics cast again. If you're a premium member, you can just look at the slides and the show notes. It totally works better for the manager to call the direct, and it's not that big a burden. And we recommend you share more documents in advance and perhaps even create a web space. Uh, Many, many big companies already have them. And you'll do better. Uh, You're going to get more interruptions, and you'll do better by focusing and turning your back and and, uh, shutting down a lot of your computer stuff. To, to allow you to focus because on the phone, people assume that they can interrupt and we don't recommend it. Good. All right, my friend. Thanks partner. We'll see you later. That's it folks. Thanks for joining us. Hey, if you haven't thought about joining us for our June 16th effective manager conference in New Jersey, we hope you consider it. Details are on the website, www.manager-tools.com. All the basics of effective management, one-on-ones, feedback, coaching, delegation and how to tie it all together. Hope to see you in New Jersey. In the meantime, have a great week and we'll see you next one. So long.